Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Cohesity Human Factor. My name is Chris Colotti. I am part of the Technical Advocacy Group, uh, also known as TAG, uh, within Cohesity. And today, I actually asked, uh, based on, I'll get to the backstory, but I asked uh, my uh, VP of Product Management or Product Marketing, Chris Weiborg, to jump on, as well as I actually got our CMO, Lynn Lucas, to jump on as well, because we think this is actually a pretty interesting topic. So, thank you guys for making the time. I know it's early on the West Coast. <laughs> it's eight. It's not <laughs> Eight's early for me, even on the East Coast. So <laughs> the, the topic we're going to talk about today, it actually started on Twitter. And I think it was um, uh, Matt, uh, I can't remember his name, but one of the guys actually posted a, a blog post about how to disconnect on vacation. And this has been a conversation that we've had internally at Cohesity for a couple of months as COVID's been happening and how it's gotten harder. And And the interesting thing is there was, some additional feedback on back channels with a friend of mine. We actually went on along all day uh, that we'll get to about, you know, he just can't disconnect. And, and I want to jump get into that as we go. But first, I kind of one before the other. So Chris and then Lynn, you know, what are your just high level uh, opinions on the topic? And then we'll get into some specific questions on just how, you know, before COVID and even after COVID, like how you treated it differently in, in a couple of seconds. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, whether COVID or not, it's important to be able to disconnect when, when you're taking PTO. Um, you, you have it for a reason. And if you use it, but then actually stay connected, you don't get that mental break. You need to come back and, um, you know, be refreshed and bring your whole self to work. I'll, I'll say, you know, as a manager, I, I encourage my people to do it for that reason alone, right? It's good. It's not only good for them, it's good for the company. Um, and I think, you know, one of the differences between, uh, pre and post, if you will, is it is a bit harder, right? Cause, cause you're, um, probably chances are not really going anywhere. You know, these long trips that you may have planned to various continents, um, may not be happening right now. And so, uh, how do you find the space and time to get that same sort of break is, is really important. I think it does require a little bit of additional planning right now. Lynn, I know that you, you, you have some, a quick opinion on this too. And I think it mirrors Chris, but can you just give us a little bit of insight? Yeah. So it maybe to add, cause I agree with what Chris said. It's, it's super important for mental health. There's a much broader conversation about mental health, fortunately now going on and disconnecting. Uh, I call it live from work. It's not work from home. It's live from work now for, for most folks. And it, it's just crucial. So what, what I'd like to get into later is like just you know like double click into how do you do it when you're living from work because to Chris's point you know I was walking the dog this morning and there's a big big thing here in California on you know not traveling and so most of us aren't supposed to go anywhere still and that makes it extra difficult to uh, to take that break for some unless maybe you reframe it in your head and I think that's the part that would be interesting to talk about. Yeah, and and I want to actually start with the with the first question that that will dive right into the uh, sort of the mental part and the misnomer, and this is where the the conversation went back channel. And again, the back channel was with a really good friend of mine, but his his comment was, "I I can't. I have to be the guy that everybody calls. I'm irreplaceable. That you know, it has to go through me." And what I want to hear from you guys and, and folks that are listening, the reason I wanted to bring on you know a C level person and a VP. By the way, I'm both in their management chain. So, so these are the people that I report to. So it's, it's actually really good to hear from them, but where's the breakdown? If somebody feels that they have to be there, they have to answer. So in my opinion, and I'll let you guys speak is 
there's a breakdown in either the management chain or the enablement capability or just what what people have the 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 um uh, their uh, ability to do meaning you know they're not empowered right there's an empowerment issue or somebody feels like they have to be the filter for everything and i came right out and said we're all irreplaceable. Like I'll come out right out and say it right now. The world will go on if I fall off the, you know, fall down a set of stairs. You guys will figure out how to run the customer zero environment without me. But how do you, how do you convince somebody? I think Lynn, we'll start with you because I think you hit the mental part of it. Where, where do you think that comes from, and how do people fix that, or how do they get out of that? Yeah, I think you just hit on the part that's the toughest part. Uh, so you know, sadly, yes, in most places, everyone is replaceable. So as a, as a member of the executive staff here, um, obviously we value all of our employees. We want them to work uh, for us for a long time, but uh, folks can be uh, out of the office for a week and the company, you know, goes on or even longer than a week for goodness sake. Right. Um, and I do think that there's a couple of things. So first it's, it's beholden to the, the executive staff and the management chain to both set an example and then secondly to not uh, to not violate it right so uh, I took uh, about 10 days of PTO and didn't attend a single meeting shocking right didn't do email shocking right so set the example Two, um, don't then violate it if you know your folks are going out on PTO unless you've got some kind of shared agreement that hey if it's like DEFCON 5 I'm going to text you but other than that it can wait um, and then, you know, there's a lot of tools, obviously, that you can use to, to help with that. Boy, messages can be scheduled to be sent uh, when people return. You don't even have to send them email, right? You know, you're going to talk about some of the things on the devices that I know you're cool. fond of doing. I have, I have opinions yeah. on that. You sure. have opinions on that, <laughs> which I think are good opinions. And, and then, but then at the end of the day, honestly, um, it's up to you. You know, uh, we're not running daycare uh, and people uh, have a set of their own responsibility, personal responsibility um, to to take that time for themselves. So I, I do think it's a, a shared responsibility, but certainly I'd put the first part of that on both the company and the management chain. Well said, Chris. Yeah, I, th I think just to add on to some of what Lynn, where Lynn was going, I think, you know, there are, um, and certainly in our industry, there are a lot of high-driven type A individuals that are really responsible for what they do at work. And um, at some level, um, beyond what the management chain needs to do to encourage people to take time off, um, you know, there, there's this whole concept of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Like, oh, my God, if I'm away, like, I'm going to miss something. And, and you know, I my advice to people is actually let me counterbalance that with the fear of maxing out because if if you don't take that time you may hit a wall and then you're 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 irrecoverable if you will i mean you know chris i know you spent a lot of time with with the team talking about the the challenge of it burnout right and i think you know have had some personal experiences with that i've definitely been there at times and um better to pace yourself because it's really hard to sprint a marathon right <laughs> And so how do you, how do you um, develop that pace? And, and as Lynn said, own it yourself. And, and there are times as a manager, I've had to talk to certain individuals and be like, hey, look, I, I need you to take time off, <laughs> right? You right. really do need to take that break. So it's, 
it's more than just, I think, empowering. In some cases, you have to encourage people and have that conversation about um, exactly what we've been saying so far. If you go away, the world will not fall apart and it'll still be here when you get back and um, we'll, we'll make it work. But yeah. it's, so, it's important. I, and I want to add on to what Chris said from, again, the, the management um, or executive point of view is we invest an enormous amount in an employee, you know, and that's beyond compensation. You know, when you think about typical ramp time for someone to come up to speed in a business uh, and all that, and I love that phrase, actually, fear of maxing out uh, from a management point of view. Um, if folks burn out, it costs the company so much to try to recruit and then retain, get up to speed ramp and then retain that new employee. That is hugely costly for the business. So it's in our best interests, shared interests, to make sure folks, um, you know, take that mental break and get that time off because we, we don't want good people to leave because they got burned out. So, so let me ask you guys this. And again, I think it's, we have an advantage because obviously you guys buy into doing the right thing. And, and they're definitely, I, I've always had a mentality of there's a different, there's a very big difference between a manager and a leader. And I think you guys know my opinion on that, right? There's, there's people who lead and there's people who manage. And, and I don't work for managers. I work for leaders. I think that's what most people should do. But what, what the hardest thing for anybody to do is say no, or set that expectation. And I think this was a conversation I was having in the back channel the other day was, uh, I actually came around. I'm such good friends. And I said, look, it's because I love you. I'm going to give you some tough love. You're an enabler. Like you don't know how to say no. Like you, you, every time that phone rings and you answer it, or you don't set a different expectation or take the opportunity to set a different expectation. Now, both of you guys know, I have no problem saying no. Like there's, there's, there's times where I just kind of, you know, it's just not going to happen. But if you were to say to somebody that they're struggling with that, or they're in a management chain, that doesn't want to hear that or won't let them set that expectation. And I'm not, you know, saying that people have to leave their jobs because it's a tough market, but is that necessarily the right place for somebody to be? I mean, you should, to me, I should be behind people who support me. Right. And I think that's the most important thing, but is that a good indicator that, you know, if you look yourself in the mirror and say, well, I can do my part to change, but the people around me aren't going to accept that or work with me on that, then that's a different problem. Does that make sense? It, it, it does. I, I think, you know, um, obviously the best time to test for that, Chris, is when you're coming into a new opportunity, right? And Absolutely. so I think this is where, um, you know, the interviewing is a two-way street, right? So when they're interviewing you, you need to interview them and figure out, is the culture going to be a fit for you? And this is one of those things you can, you can test, you can probe, you know, you can ask that. I've done it before. Like, hey, you know, you guys can be pretty hard charging. How do you strike a balance here, right? And, and so to get that, that feedback, um, and, and then, um, uh, I, I do think that, uh, regardless of sort of your direct line, there is the opportunity to find, I don't know if you would call them mentors or supporters, uh, <laughs> within most companies that would, um, help you talk that through on how best to manage it. And, you know, if they happen to be a peer of the person that you report to that's having a real problem with this, they can, they might be able to exert a little influence. So I would say, you know, um, the company's not made up of a direct line always. So find, find the support system that exists um, and the pools of maybe different thinking around that topic 
and and leverage that as a way to push back and or figure out your own strategy to manage it. And and then I think, you know, the ultimate answer is is sometimes it just doesn't work out. And and it's, you know, um, you, 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 most of us um, only get to live once. And so, you know, figure out how to balance that time and what the right decision is for you. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people are just afraid to even push back a little, but uh, I've always... I've always had that, you know, ask forgiveness, not permission. That's how my grandfather raised me. That's how my parents raised me, but, but it's a mental thing. Right. And I'm not going to lie. It's gotten me into trouble every once in a while, but it's truly easier to sometimes say, I'm sorry, but I got it done and it, and it, and the right thing happened. But I I think people are just afraid. They're afraid that they're going to get, you know, reprimanded or, uh, you know, the phone calls will keep coming or they'll get hauled into somebody's office. It's, it, and I, I'm, I believe I'm with you. I think that's a culture thing. I think the best opportunity for that is even when I interviewed here uh, at Cohesity, that was my biggest question was what's the culture like, you know, how do you guys take time off? How does yeah. management treat it? Um, you know, I knew who Mohit was long before, but, but still you got to gauge that. Right. So Lynn, let's talk a little bit about the how. So we want to make some of this actionable, right? So what can people do? So I go to extremes, and, and I don't make no bones about it. If I'm, well, actually, let me tell a little bit of backstory real quick. When we used to take vacations, we used to take vacate, we used to do cruises a lot. And back in the day, cruises were very expensive for internet. So I never paid for it. I just said, no, you know what? Phone goes in the safe. We're out of range for seven days, no communication whatsoever. That's actually gotten unfortunately easier because now it's less expensive. And to your point, the folks on our team, you know, I, I have a running agreement with John Hildebrand, which is look, the world can be burning down around, but if you send me a text message, I'm always going to be on text because I just stay in communication with family. My parents are getting older, you know, stuff like that. So that's always the fallback, but it's rarely used. It's used, you know, and, and most of the time, by the way, the, the warning is if it's in the middle of the afternoon and I'm on a cruise and you do text me, fair warning, there's probably been alcohol involved. <laughs> so, so I can't guarantee the answer you're going to get. <laughs> but, but what, Lynn, you said you went away for 10 days and I think the actual physical, how do you do it? is the hardest. I mean, I, I actually have gone to the extremes of removing applications from every device, from all my iPads, you know, taking Slack off of it, removing email, um, you know, shutting the computer off, not taking a laptop. But what do you do? I mean, at a C-level person, how did you go away for 10 days and not take a meeting, not take, you know, an email? Yeah. And I would also say to start this, that um, 10 years ago, I wasn't doing that. So, you know, I've evolved. Uh, the, yeah, so notifications for me are, are very distracting. So I think uh, I don't disable the apps or anything like that, but I can stop the notifications. And then you're not getting the constant barrage of email notifications or calendar notifications. And for me, seeing the little number tick up on the phone doesn't bug me. So I got enough self-control and I'm like, oh, that's nice. We'll look at that later, right? There so, are people who uh, hate that red dot that says yeah. 100 unread messages. <laughs> that doesn't bug me. Yeah. Call me, you know, different that way, but I, I can have that right next to, you know, another app that I like and I won't, I won't touch it. Uh, I think for folks that know they don't have that self-control, just, you know, do what you do, right? I think that's great. Uh, you know, there's so much science that says, our phones create so much mental distraction, mental noise and stress with all the notifications. Um, I read some of the thread that, that you shared, the public thread. And yeah, I mean, I think there's some really good advice there. I mean, even during the workday, if you got your phone sitting there and you got all these things popping up, it's pretty hard to, to distract. So um, I, I uh, disable notice notifications. Um, I don't take any meetings. 
Um, uh, and I kind of have the same arrangement with my exec, uh, which is, hey, I'm available by text. If there's an emergency, text me and I'll be there. Other than that, I'll see you in a week and a half, right? And, and it'll all be uh, there when I come back. And you know what? It was. It was all there when I came <laughs> back. Not much had actually changed. And I was super refreshed, had a great time with my family, got to connect with my kids in a way that I hadn't while we lived from work here. And, uh, you know, was pretty energized coming back to work. So that, that for me is, is the biggest thing is the notifications. I think yeah. for others, they may need to, hey, maybe you do lock your cell phone in a safe. <laughs> that works really well. Actually, the, the last the guy that I was talking to, I said, you know, if you're really having that hard time with it, maybe you need to have lost your phone or dropped it in the ocean or <laughs> for those that are listening to the podcast, I'm quoting, right. You know, like it makes something up if you have to, to just yeah. turn your phone off. And, <laughs> and I, I want to go back to what you also were talking about, which was, you know, folks being afraid of saying no. I, I think there's an important thing where, you know, I just said, I wasn't that good at this mm-hmm. say 10 years ago. Um, it does take practice like any good habit. So I think that there maybe is a misnomer or, you know, you go from zero to one and you're suddenly you can do it. Um, Hey, you know, why don't you start with weekends? You know, not the vacation where you're trying to be off for a week, but how how do you do on the weekend? Two days. Yeah. Right. Uh, Can you wait to respond? I think again, our, phones and our society and tech in general have gotten us to this point where a lot of feel, people feel like, well, an instant response is needed because we're also getting instant gratification in our personal lives, shopping or whatever. Well, what happens if you don't respond to that email um, on the weekend? Does anything really happen, right? You know, start with small things. Um, you got to remember a lot, a lot of these folks too are system admins and they're running data centers. Yeah. So I, I totally get the on-call part. I've been there. I've done that. I, I get the, yeah, the actual data center went down. It's broken yeah. type of call. Um, but in most organizations too, we had an on-call rotation. So there was, you know, if you were the yeah. guy who was on call or the person who was on call for the weekend, you're pretty much screwed. Like you have to wake up at four in the morning. And <laughs> and that, that is uh, totally true. Right. You know, and, and I'm not in that, that kind of a job. Uh, so uh, there's crisis comps, which can happen at any time, but certainly not kind of the on-call rotation. But I'm talking about you're off for the weekend. Right. What do you really need to respond to the email? Or can you, if, it's, if it satisfies that itch, respond to the email, but use that feature where it'll send it Monday morning at 8. And I use that since we're... starts to set an expectation with your management that, well, you're not going to respond on the weekend. So you may also have satisfied your own need to do it, but they don't see it until Monday. So start right. with those small things. And we're a Google company. So I actually, I don't use, even though I have an iPhone, I don't use the, the mail app. I use the actual Gmail app because all my stuff is Gmail. And for people who don't know, you can go into the different accounts and just toggle one account off for email. So it doesn't, you don't see, actually it's not uninstalling it, but you don't see the notifications. You don't get the extra little bubbles of stuff. Chris, you know, what, and this, this is, I think another thing people struggle with is, well, my, CMO or my VP called me on Saturday or they sent me an email on Saturday and I saw it and they're going to expect a response is that, and I know a lot of this comes back to setting expectations and knowing the culture, but have you, you know, ever expected unless, unless again, it goes back to, we all have text message too. Like I would probably not respond to an email message from you on a Sunday afternoon, but if you texted me, I'm probably going to go, wait a second, 
that's a whole that's there's something else going on right and how do we use the different mechanisms within our world to say hey email is p3 text message p0 (laughs) right and that becomes an understanding no i I think that's right i mean i think you said it well that setting those expectations around how to use the different communication channels with your team um both you know those that work for you and those above you is really important right i i've more than once in my life had the conversation like, hey, if you expect me to respond right away to an email, like that's not going to happen. Um, I, that That is a asynchronous communication form big time, right? If you really need me, pick up the phone and call me. And, you know, for some people, depending on where they are in their career, that might be harder. Um, but but I think you're right. You know, what are the, what are the ways um, in which you, if it's really important, you need to get in touch with me. And I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll link it back to your, uh, page or rotation duty, remembering those days, right? If, if it's a, if it's a P zero, like, here's how you get me. If it's a P one, you know, do this. If it's something that can wait, you know, send me an email and I'll get to it when I get back. But I, I do think setting those expectations is, is, is super important. I will say, and I hope Lynn's not listening to this one too closely. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, when your manager pings you and you see it, it's best not to respond for a while. And uh, because sometimes things resolve themselves, um, over the time that's supposed to be yours during PTO, right? Um, I know I know some managers, I'm not going to name names, that like uh, intentionally sort of put a big project on the table for the team and then go on PTO. And and they do that <laughs> intentionally to see, um, you know, how they can solve it and it's a development opportunity for the group. It's problem solving. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. And, and, and if nothing me? else, I, I think back to the culture thing, you know, that, that then gives them at some level um, the sense if you know you're setting something that you think is achievable that like hey people can go away and it's okay so again you're sort of modeling the good behavior there because they see how the team can pick up things and and resolve them even when you know the leader is gone as an example and and even when i was a system admin i mean i always made sure and this is for the folks that do have that that type of job because i can relate to that i always made sure i was never the single point of failure, you know, to put it in tech terms, right? Because if, if it had to come through me or I was the only one who knew how that system worked, then, then I've actually done the company and myself a disservice. Now that's also known as a hero complex, right? Because if you are that type of person that you got to do everything and you've got to touch everything, you're either so afraid of your job or you have to be the hero to fix everything, get over it because you're never going to move forward in your career. Like you're just going to get stuck because you're never going to be able to hand anything off and delegate. Now I also know in the past I've struggled with managing with being a people manager versus, you know, an individual contributor because I have certain expectations of how I run my day. But you know, when I had somebody reporting to me here, it was great because we actually got a lot, we got on that same page of look, dude, if it's a big problem, like call me. You know, I'm, I'm going to take the call. And we, we actually missed that a lot. Like that should be P0. Like if the phone rings, I got a couple of friends of mine that um, they're actually in the emergency contacts, meaning it'll, it'll, if do not disturb is on the middle of the night, but a phone call comes through, it rings through because some of them, you know, suffer from depression, things like that. And I want to make sure that I've always said, look, you got to call for the phone for me to hear it and talk you off the ledge. The phone has to ring. And, and that, it's giving me all these ideas for our next marketing all hands. Like maybe we should put a system in place for like <laughs> P zero through P three, but it's useful because then everybody understands like, Hey, we all follow the same regiment, right? You know, Slack for me, not a good, not a good mechanism because I actually don't get those like Slack is delayed on, even on the phone, but text messages always to your point, it's two way it's instant, 
right? It's like back in the day when the two-way pager came out. Now, and I think uh, there's, there's, it's two-way. Chris and you have just been talking about that, about setting expectations. I think uh, uh, you can do that as an individual. I think the higher you are in a management chain, the more incumbent it is on you to also state your expectations. So I have new folks yeah. uh, that come into the company that report to me or someone that I know I'm going to interact with a lot. I intentionally, usually in the first couple days, first week, will state, hey, here's how I work, right? Um, I, I'll send email. Sometimes it might be a little late. I don't expect a response after business hours. Uh, if I text you, it's an emergency. Um, and generally, I'll try not to do that. So, you know, I think... Setting that expectation is also a two-way street, um, you know, but it is incumbent as you rise in the organization to be deliberate about that so people aren't guessing. So to totally agree with that. I mean, I, I think when I step into taking on a new team, there's two things I try and put on the table first. One is like, how do we make decisions as a group, right? What's that look like? And then two is how do we communicate? And, and exactly as Lynn said, establishing those parameters up front so people kind of know what the expectations are is, is just it saves a lot of headaches at the end of the day because you don't cross wire on things when hey i reach out to you you didn't respond well yeah you didn't use the right channel right so let, let's go back to a little bit of the how so there's actually something that um that a couple people do uh that's worked out and i picked up one from somebody so to your point lynn on the weekends um i've seen people just to get into that groove a little bit on the weekend is to enable their out of office right so it's all about and we're going to keep repeating. It's about setting expectations. You, so you get somebody's out of office and says, hey, I'm out for the weekend. And even if it says I'm away from cell coverage, which kind of is tough right now because we're all stuck at home. Um, but at least somebody gets that message, right? The other thing that I did a long time ago, because somebody actually put it on Twitter, right? I saw it on Twitter, so it must be true, was my auto signature, which I'm actually going to defer to Chris, which at one point I think actually started to get me in a little bit of hot water, but was quickly diverted by Mr. Weiborg because it, there's nothing wrong with it. And I'll actually read what it says. It says, my working hours are Eastern time US and may not be your working hours. Please do not feel obligated to reply outside of your normal work schedule. And I may not reply outside of mine. Um, but somebody in the company, I think we won't, again, we won't name names, but this is, we're being real here. Somebody saw it and was like, Hey, what the hell? Right. And I think you really, you said, there's nothing wrong with that. He's setting the expectation that he's not what is that? We all work at different time zones. I don't know. I happen to know your time zones, but I have to ask all the time when we get on calls with people, okay, are you in Pacific? Are you in India? Like, cause when I set a call up the next time, I don't want somebody getting up at 11 o'clock PM to take a, a zoom call that we're trying to have to, and it's getting harder with the time zones, but how important is that? I mean, that I know, I think I'm the only one in the company right now who's got that in their auto signature that I've seen, but, um, no, I, I think that's cool um, and doesn't bug me at all. Um, I think being sensitive to setting meetings, I think in a global company, super important. So as an example, uh, you know, try not to set any meetings for Europe, you know, on Friday mornings. That's five o'clock for them. <laughs> Patrick is having a beer, right? <laughs> so, you know, no one wants to, to have a meeting, um, you know, typically start at 5 p.m. Uh, I think uh, the out of office, um, I think there was a suggestion on Twitter, just have the calendar if you're using Google Calendar. I don't know how Microsoft works, but when you go on PTO, set it so it auto declines meetings. Um, the yeah, other that's thing- That's a great feature. <laughs> it's a great feature, but also it-, it Folks may not know, depending upon the size of your organization, 
that you're actually on PTO and then you get the cross wires on why didn't you accept my meeting or they're calling you, you know, try to set it up so that you avoid that situation. Um, I think the, uh, the schedules uh, send on Gmail is the greatest thing ever, right? Um, I've never actually used that, but I, think I, I that, saw it came in recently. That's, a, that's an incredibly powerful tool. I just used it on Monday. Uh, there's a lady that's out for a week. Um, I want to get it off my plate because I'll forget there was an important uh, new customer I wanted her to know about. Scheduled it to send to her, you know, 3 p.m. the day she gets back, you know? It, great. It's off my plate, but I didn't send her an email. I don't know if she's turned notifications off, but, you know, I didn't intentionally try to disrupt when I know she's on PTO. Right. Yeah, let, let, let me add one more thing to the, the out-of-office notification. I think just back to the setting expectations, sometimes if, if I'm, um, you know, I don't know you, I've just joined the company, and I get a response like, hey, I'm out of office, I'll be back then, I don't know where to go. So it's, it's always in my mind a best practice when you're leaving, like put a little detail about like, while I'm out, if you need help on, you know, X, contact Y. Um, and, and, you know, I do that for my team. Like, hey, if it's about this topic, reach out to this person. If it's about this topic, reach out to this yeah. person. If it needs to be escalated, reach out to, you know, the person above me. Just, just so there's a little bit more for them and you, you thereby lower their frustration with like, ah, I need to get that person. Because and I'll, you I'll argue if somebody can't do that, then they've then they've taken it all on themselves because if they can't physically type hey if you need help with this system go to this person you're yeah. you're taking on you know too much and you've got that hero complex but um we're kind of at the, the half hour so i wanted to make sure we we got any other good tips out there uh then i'll actually make sure that these are listed in the bullet points when we post the um post it to youtube and post it to the um uh podcast channel, but, um, and I've actually been getting some back channels from people, but I've been typing cause they won't put it in the chat. They'll send it to me on text message. Um, but I, I think there they are some you. people that's the, what's that? They heard you. Is it the best way to get you? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, I, I think we have to just let people know, look, talk to someone else. Like if you're struggling with it, like I'm a big fan of message me, call me, look, I've been through this and, and what works for me may not work for you, but if you just need the, it's all right, Jess, I'm not calling you out till now. <laughs> um, but talk to somebody like you said, Lynn, talk to somebody else who's been through it or who doesn't have as big an issue with it. But at the same time, you've got to identify, are you in the right culture? Are you in the right organization? Right now, it's yeah. a big conversation I had with, with my friend the other day. I said, look, at some point, there's what's what John C. Maxwell calls the law of environment. And maybe that environment just has to change. If you're not in the right environment for what works for you, You've got to make some hard decisions, but any closing, you know, suggestions well, you, or thoughts or, you know, I'll say that, uh, and maybe I can provide the link, uh, for you to post Chris. Yeah. You know, there are really good techniques on how to say no, you know, cause a lot of people, um, feel like they don't know how to say no comfortably. Um, mm. I'll find the link, especially, uh, well, I think it applies to all genders, any gender. <clears throat> There's a really good uh, Harvard Business podcast that's called Women at Work. Uh, their very first episode is basically five different ways to say no. Um, you know, it's directed towards women, but I think all the tips work for, again, any gender. Uh, so it, some of it's practice. Some of it, I think, is let's say you're in the right environment, but you don't have a lot of practice doing it. Um, you know, there's some good w 
materials out there. There's probably others on, hey, here's how to sandwich it. Wow, I'd really like to help you. Uh, but you know what's important to me right now is, is my personal time. It's my kids or my family or whatever, right? right? So maybe we could look at this when I get back. You know, maybe that doesn't work for all situations, but I do think that that's a... Um, a key element here is actually just practicing it. And you might practice it, like you said, Chris, with a friend, a supporter, your your partner yep. at home, yep. just to get comfortable saying the words, which I find that is half the battle sometimes is role modeling. Yeah, right. I, I think that practice is, and if I remember another part of that, that methodology is like, hey, I can't help you because I want to, but here's what I can do for you right now. So you're showing a little bit of, you know, reaching out and trying to help solve the problem. You're not being difficult. But I, I agree, Lynn, I think, I think that, that practice is super important. Um, it just develops the muscle memory that gets you comfortable doing it in this situation is a little bit more um, fraught with, with peril in your mind, perhaps, right? <laughs> yeah, so no and hell no are not two of the... <laughs> Right, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, I joke. Depends on the culture. <laughs> well, and so, so if you guys, if most folks listening haven't figured it out, I have a really good relationship with both Chris and Lynn. I mean, Lynn was one of the people who originally hired me. Um, but it comes with that too. I think it comes with building a relationship, you know, having mutual respect too. And that's another thing that I that I feel really strong about is if you're not getting that two-way respect that, hey, I'm going away and I'm going to be off and somebody looks at you and says, well, that's not acceptable, I'm probably going to be the first one to, you know, throw them the bird and walk away because I've been in those situations. I've, I've worked for management chains that didn't respect the employees as much as they expected the employee to respect them, if that makes sense. It was a very one-way street of you will respect my authority, right, type of uh, mentality. Um, but this is, this is just a topic that's going to go on and on. And I think we got to, we keep up the conversation on Twitter. Um, I know everybody's struggling with it, but I'm always available for people to talk to, you know, Jess and I have been going back and forth on text, but we're, we've been friends for a while. It's like, look, talk it through and figure out a method that works for you. But, um, this doesn't go away. I don't think it gets worse as we're stuck home because people then think, well, you're not really gone. You're still home, (laughs) even though you're on vacation. Uh, and that's the hardest thing. You guys know, I just sit down in the movie theater and play video games and put a different pair of headphones on. And, and I literally have left, I think Julie's sitting on the other side of the room, but there was one day I was on, on vacation the last time and I just left my phone like in a different room. I didn't even go look at it. So there was no, and the, the Apple watch doesn't make it any easier. You still get text messages, but that's an emergency thing, right? If I got a text message, I go, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're, you're right. I mean, work is a relationship. Uh, and if the relationship isn't serving you, then you got to really consider that. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's often one that we spend more hours on for than than our personal relationships sometimes, sadly. Um, and it is tough obviously right now, but uh, in the long term, if it's not serving you, then then it's the wrong relationship. Right, right. Well, I really appreciate you guys getting up early. I think uh, since this may be one of the, the last human factors we do, this will be a, a topic that will be Chris, I have, a, I have a question yeah. for the, the audience. Yeah. yeah, there's some chats going on too, by the way. Yeah, and some <laughs> chats. I want to know um, what are the creative things people are doing while they're staking at home? Yeah, throw some stuff in the chat uh, real quick, what you're doing. Um, actually, I, wanna, I want one of you guys to, well, you may not want to take this one, but um, one of the folks in chat actually said that somebody got 
his wife's number from their HR department. I, I, I read that. And that, by the way, I believe is illegal. I'm like, that's yeah. a big no-no. At least in the state of California, that doesn't fly. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be one of those days where it's, for me, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Amateur mechanic. Yeah, Mike, Mike likes wrenching on stuff, um, getting his hands dirty, gets him out of tech. I game, so I get on PlayStation with my with some, some of my brothers. Um call my mic call my wife and that'll be the day i quit fair warning <laughs> uh, yeah and geez, same probably goes for julie uh jess disney xbox see that's why we can't play because you got an xbox dude um not a playstation mm-hmm. 4 uh, yeah oh so you and uh you and julie should compare notes on the the farming and the canning yeah by the way if anybody i work for is listening to this call likes relish we have it coming out our ears because the garden was crazy so let me know we'll send you a jar it's really really good uh teresa walking atving biking hot tub reading wow she's got a lot of stuff uh cheryl dance classes painting how are you doing the dance classes you must be doing it remotely i'm guessing right now um which is cool hiking yeah we got a couple places we could hike around here which would be be good that's that's a that's a double bonus in my mind because oftentimes when you go out for a hike um it's certainly out where where i live you like you know like this place like you may end up with no cell coverage so you, you can't notify me Right. I, if yeah. you remember, uh, I think it was years ago now, but there was a, a TV ad. I don't know if it was Subaru or Toyota, and the guy's driving around and they're driving up the mountain road and just periodically stopping. A guy gets out and looks at his phone and goes, ah. And and this was when you know the the networks were first being built out, and the idea was to cover everything. Right. And they stop again. And he gets out and he finally gets out and he's like, yes. And and then they zoom in on the phone. It says no, no signal. Coverage, right. No <laughs> yeah. signal. Exactly. That that's that's a you know personal. Uh, trick that I use on the PTO side whenever I can. Just go somewhere where they can't get you. And yeah. It makes it easy. Yeah, the cruises used to be really good for that. Yeah. Um, Jonathan and Sean, man, we got to talk. Work, work, more work. I know I know Sean, John, Jonathan better than that. But um, no, I think everybody's doing some some stuff to stay busy. It is getting harder to, to find new things for sure. Um, well, there, there's a couple things I read about I think is, was kind of cool. I haven't, I haven't personally tried them yet. But you got the, if you're, if you're really stuck, you got the Airbnb ex- virtual experiences. Uh, there's some pretty interesting ones there where you can like, you know, have a uh, Portuguese drag queens teach you how to make sangria or visit a llama farm. Uh, that's uh, so you know, you're stuck, but and they're pretty inexpensive. Uh, or you can get some actually really cool um, uh, for those that like to cook. This one has kind of tempted me. You can actually get some pretty uh, world class chefs that'll give you a, a cooking lesson uh, for inexpensive. Uh, there's some sports for those of you who are into the training thing. There's some pretty interesting. Uh, sports figures and then i heard about one that i thought was pretty cool for people with young kids i don't have uh that anymore thank god i think <laughs> um uh was the uh the virtual uh the beach uh in your home and uh making oh, yourself boy. well no it, it involves alcohol chris oh like, all right well so, that's you know, we you all get, know that's not a problem for me. You get the bathtub <laughs> full, you lay out the uh, the beach towels, you put on the bathing suits, you put on some Hawaiian music and uh, and do your best. Uh, the bathtub full of water, you mean, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, <laughs> not grain about- alcohol like when we were in college? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 grain no, punch? No. <laughs> you know, another fun one for, with older kids is, uh, you know, particularly if you were planning a, a holiday to some city that you now can't get to, 
Uh, Google Maps is an amazing thing. You can actually walk the streets of many places now. And I know that in some cases, they even have like right off Google Maps, like built-in museum tours. You can go in and look at the artwork virtually. So you can't get there, uh, but you can virtually get there, which is kind of fun. You know? We've actually joked. I mean, we have the motorhome out back. This is sitting out there and my neighbor does it all the time. He's got a little tag along trailer, but every weekend he kind of opens it up and he goes out there and they don't sleep out there every day, but they kind of virtually can't, they don't they virtually yeah. they just camp in the driveway and we haven't done it yet. We were going to do it the other, the other day because what's really weird is our dogs, the dogs we have, they're totally different animals in the motorhome because it's smaller space. And we can't have them up here in the office in the house because they're, frankly bad shit insane they like run all over the place and they're up under your feet and they're knocking cords over but in the motorhome we can sit at the kitchen table in the motorhome and they fall asleep under your feet no real different setup so we joked the other day about hey we should go work outside just to have them out of their crates and like you know think like because they they don't know the difference whether we're in a different place camping or not they just let you say let's go in the camper and then you open the door and they're right inside like they don't even think twice about it so that might be what we do one of these days but we we could technically actually drive it wherever and i could work from wherever (laughs) and you wouldn't even know it (laughs) why not yeah it's still finding a place to go yeah i I see a note there from sean and in the chat i want to comment on about you know uh, working hard in the back office i think that's particularly true right now right if everybody remotely at home if you're in at all engaged in supporting people um to allow them to work from home that's part of your your job and you need to troubleshoot that sometimes um I, w- I would just say, you know, find if you can somebody in your management chain that understands that and can help educate others. Cause, cause I think that is a great point. I think a lot of folks on the, you know, admin side are working harder than ever right now. A, because they have got to, res- you know, additional responsibilities. B, you got to think about new ways to do things because you might not be able to get in the data center, what have you. Right. And, and so, um, you know, create visibility around that uh, and, and do the education if you can. Um, it, it really does make a difference, believe it or not, because I agree, a lot of people just aren't aware how much time and effort goes into just keeping the lights on, right? And yeah. and so spread the word and find your your advocate, your champion, your evangelist that is a little bit higher up in the food chain if needed to help make people aware of that. And, and having, Sean, again, having come from that space, I, I can completely empathize. It's also working together as the team that's running all that back office, figuring out as a team, okay, yeah. who can go when so we can give that person their time away. And then when it's my turn, it's my turn. So there's, even to Chris's point, not with the management chain, there's a lot that you can work out right in your own house, like right in your own team of people to, to just talk it through and say, look, let's let's just figure out the dates and then who's going to pick up the load when I'm gone. And then, you know, go back to that. Call me when it's an emergency. If if, Julie and I, my wife and I always have this saying, like, if you want to make something happen, you'll figure it out. The trick is you got to want to make it happen, you know? Um, So if the team wants to make it all work, then you'll all work together and then you can go to management as a team and say, Hey, look, we've worked out this problem. We've come to a solution to this problem and here's how we're going to handle it. Is that okay? Or do you buy into that? Right. That probably, you know, I'll ask Chris, but that would probably be easier for a manager to digest than, you know, one person coming and then a second person coming. But if the team figures out the problem and figures out how to solve it and figures out how to work it out themselves, then it's more yeah. of a, yeah, Hey, cool. We bless it. Have fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, as long as everything gets fixed and done. <laughs> so, so, simple little framework, right? That's easy to remember this whole this whole whoop idea you guys may have heard of. Like, you know, wish, imagine the outcome, figure out the obstacles, and then plan. And and that's the best way to make it come true and make it work. 
Um, and, and so I, I agree with Chris on that one, work it out ahead of time. Yeah. And, and try to work it out as a team. If you can, if you have a yeah. team, if you're the only guy or person and it's going to be tougher, but I've been, I've been there too. You know, <laughs> I've been the only support person. Um, and we're not discounting that that's a, that you guys don't have it harder. You folks don't have it harder. Not one bit. I mean, we, you know, I talked to, I talked to Angela the other day, one of our support people, and she's just crazy. And I actually had the conversation where we were on zoom talking about something. And I said, Hey, are you getting time away? Cause I know you're doing all these projects. We're migrating off of this system and going to that system. And you're, you're just crazy. And, uh, and she actually did say, she said as a team, you know, between her and Michael and the other people on that team, they've started to figure out how somebody else can pick up the load. So someone else can, you know, take some time away. So they are using that, you know, that, that workability within the team to, to figure it out. Plus they gave her a really good link for some crazy smoked bacon, which now she's waiting to get delivered, but <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Bacon, the whole different topic. Um, cool. I think, uh, anything else in the chat we're trying to get to, uh, people are actively denying that COVID is a thing. Oh, wait, I don't see that. Uh, Oh, that might be a different part of the chat. I don't know. Uh, turn off your work email from Teresa. So Teresa's on my, on board with me on that one. Um, uh cool well let's um we can call us a wrap we actually went a little bit over i appreciate you guys like staying chatty and i think uh i think people will enjoy this one um if you need help i'll always say reach out to anybody you know um you know jess you and i could talk anytime uh happy to talk to sean as well or any folks that are that i've been in that role to, to try to give some advice and see where you can go with it but thank you chris and lynn very much appreciate your time today Thank you. It's been a Thanks really good conversation. Cool. I will talk to you guys later in the day. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. You too. Thanks. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.